This is Chelsea Wingo. And I'm Amy Covell. And this is our podcast, Hashtag Life Goals. When you first said domestic goddess, I was like, I don't know if I want to be called a goddess of doing domestic work. But yeah, most of the stuff that I learned to DIY is because we were broke or, you know, necessities, the mother of invention. Because there are some situations where you have to take the reins and take control. And what will you do in the zombie apocalypse? Each week, we examine one of our life goals and figure out what steps we need to take to make them a reality. I learned how to mix and pour cement. People don't know how to do anything for themselves anymore. I do know how to cook my own meals. Thank you very much. You can't duck it. Fuck it. So come join us. It's going to be fun. Hello, everybody. I'm Amy Covell. And I'm Chelsea Wingo. And you're listening to Hashtag Life Goals. Today's episode, Hashtag Self-Reliant. This will be... I'll admit that I can't think of specific times where I was self-reliant. I probably have some in mind, but I just, I don't picture them as self-reliant. I was like, oh, I just had to get this done or I had to overcome this problem or things like that. But it'll be interesting. If you're not following, we chose hashtag self-reliant and we're focusing on things that we've had to learn to do to be able to be more self-reliant. Things that we are empowered to be able to take care of ourselves. Now, self-reliance can cover a multitude of things, including communication, emotional well-being. Today, though, we're really focusing on the physical hands-on DIY, you know, around the house kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I feel the only thing I can really think of right now is um, because since I'm an editor, I had to learn a lot of editing through like watching videos and also doing it myself and Right, right. Because school can only take you so far. This episode kind of came up because Mm -hmm. I have had to really show off my self-reliance in the last month working on my car. She has been working very, very hard to get her car working and she's made progress, but... Well, we'll get into it once our guest gets on. Okay. <laughs> so we'll get in all the nitty gritty of what happened with my car and what I did and... Well, let's just get into it now. Okay. (laughs) All right. So my car died five minutes after getting a fix-it ticket for supposedly having no registration. I found out that the company that did my smog never sent my smog report in to the DMV. So my registration and my change of title from November were both considered to be incomplete. No problem. I had a copy of the smog. All I needed to do was go down to the DMV. Well, five minutes later, my car broke down. Get it towed home. There were leaks in my water hoses. I had already replaced my heater hose about two weeks prior. So uh, my boyfriend and I replaced my water hoses, both upper and lower. And because that would have cost me, oh, about $750 to get done at the mechanic. Mm -hmm. And instead, it only cost me about $32 to do it myself. So uh, I don't have a lot of expendable income, so it was definitely got to do it myself. After replacing the water hoses, then we had a crank no start condition. So crank no start is where your car, it's turning over, it's making the crank sound, but it's not actually firing and getting the engine running. It's basically going... A lot of times what people encounter is instead a no crank no start where they turn the key and nothing happens. And that often is your battery. But a crank no start is a different situation. So I went through the entire fast tech diagnosis. Fast tech refers to all of the systems of the vehicle that help it to start. So it's fuel, 
air, spark, timing, exhaust, and compression. Fast tech. So I did all of the fast tech diagnosing and along the way I kept finding things on my car that needed to be replaced. So I replaced them. Unfortunately, I continued to have a crank no start issue. Mm -hmm. So even though those things needed to be replaced, they weren't the magic missing piece. Mm -hmm. So I got real close at one point. It started and then it died. Oh boy. Uh, twice. And uh, so over the course of the last month, I replaced my heater hoses, water hoses, spark plugs, ignition coil, spark wires, crankshaft position sensor, fuel filter, PCM diode, fuel filter relay, and several other fuses and relays um, in my engine compartment. I also did compression tests, fuel tests. I checked, you know, for air blockage. When I finally hit the end of what I could diagnose um, in my garage, I had it towed back to the mechanic and they came back with water in the engine. Which means either I had two blown head gaskets on two of the cylinders or I had a crack in the head. Both of those things are very expensive fixes. And on a car that I only spent $650 to buy with 200,000 miles on it, that's not a worthwhile investment. So my car has gone. Mm. It has been donated to Vehicles for Veterans um, and I'm back on public transit. But if I had gone to the mechanic in the first place, first of all, everything that I fixed on my car that I found was definitely wrong when I was doing my diagnosing had all been missed all of the other times I had been to the mechanic in the last six months. Really? They were only looking for whatever my current problem was. They didn't notice Oh God, this thing's corroded. Oh goodness, this thing's covered in oil. Like they only focused on the thing that was the main problem exactly. to maybe bring you back. So if I had taken my car in and they had done the fast tech diagnosis on it, they would have come across each of those problems as well. And I would have spent probably three grand getting my car to where it was when I currently brought it to the mechanic to have them do that final diagnosis. So even though my car did not run and I had to get rid of it. I did save $3,000. Yes, you did. <laughs> That's a lesson that you can learn from being self-reliant. <laughs> yeah. So definitely being elbows deep in my engine and under my hood covered in grease made me go, you know what? We need to do an episode about this. Because <laughs> there are some situations where you have to take the reins and take control and make use of the situation the best that you can be rather than like defaulting to give it to somebody else or just like completely give up on it and just be like, Correct. I can't. Correct. And um, we'll get a lot more about my philosophy around that when we bring on our guest. But first, we have research to do. Research. You, you say that with a little like hesitation. Well, the research was frustrating because there were certain facts and statistics I was hoping to find, and I just could not find the right combination of search terms. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's the way it happens sometimes. I mean, maybe hashtag self-reliant isn't the best hashtag for this episode, but uh, I racked my brain and couldn't think of anything that said this better. We're making it a hashtag for this episode. That's right. <laughs> We're That's starting right. I mean, I guess I could have searched, you know, hashtag Rosie the Riveter, but that goes into right. more all about how women entered the workforce during the war. That yeah. doesn't really deal with what we're talking about today. No. That's more of a history lesson. Yeah, it is a history lesson. So here's my research. So self-reliant is an adjective. 
and it means to be reliant on one's own powers and resources rather than those of others. Reference.com had an article about being self-reliant, and they said examples of being self-reliant include a person's ability to grow his own food, cook his own meals, learn how to manage money, master emergency health basics, assume his own decisions, and have a sense of direction. You sure that wasn't just based off of you? (laughs) (laughs) Our guest is quietly saying, she wrote it. (laughs) Right? The next article I found was from the Chicago Tribune. And this was one of the few statistics I could find. So according to Lowe's, the home improvement store, more than 80% of women perform landscaping and gardening tasks. And more than 90% of women are engaged in do-it-yourself projects around the house. And they also make most major purchases and financial decisions for that house. Yeah, my mom, she always was into gardening. She really Mm -hmm. was. And then when we moved into the bigger house that they had after my brother and I left, she got really more into kind of like landscaping and like making her own garden and her own flowers or gardenias, like all those flowers whatsoever. And it looks beautiful. And she dedicates a lot of time to make it look that good. So, yeah, she's great at it. The article also says these women say that becoming more confident with construction projects provides them with a sense of empowerment that transcends other aspects of their lives. So women are very much we we know how to take care of business and um, we don't need a man to do everything. Women are definitely showing that off. I'm sorry, I have the tune in my head. Taking care of business. Taking care of business in my head right now. That song I have in my head. What? It's a she thing. It's all in me. I can be anything that I want to be. So next article was some money-saving DIY skills you need to learn. So this was from moneycrashers.com, and they listed six basic skills that are DIY, essentially, that will make you more self-reliant and are also big money savers. Mm -hmm. Basic car maintenance, such as changing a tire, having your oil changed, pet grooming, sewing and mending, such as doing hemming your pants, uh, putting new buttons on, canning your own food. This is both healthier and cost effective. Growing your own vegetables and cooking at home. Now, Chelsea, I can see you trying to look away. How many of these six things do you know how to do? <laughs> I do know how to cook my own meals. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, well, well, repeat the other ones again. Car maintenance. I... Can you change your own oil? I think I've tried, but I had my father there with me. So it was at one point. So if you if you had to change your oil, could you? Uh, probably no. not. Okay. <laughs> could you groom a pet? Oh, yeah. All I right. could definitely Here's groom two. a pet. Yeah. You're, you're already at 30% of the list. Yay. Can you sew? I can. It's been a while, but I have sewn. Uh, I did help sew some like costumes and outfits when there I was go. younger. You're so 50%. <laughs> can your own food? I don't mean put it in Tupperware. Can you explain that a little bit more? Me. So canning your own food would be like making jam okay. um, or making pickles because pickles don't come out of the ground as pickles. Come out as cucumbers. Then they have to be pickled. Okay. I did not know that. <laughs> Doing canned vegetables, uh, mm-hmm. canned fruits. Mm-hmm. Um, those would be examples of canning your own food. Okay. I, that's what I thought. It's just for some reason my brain was like, I'm not getting this. I need explanation. So you said your mom did a lot of landscaping. And does she have a veg- vegetable garden? No, I have grown, you know, my own plants and all that fun stuff, but not 
Well, you know what? You're halfway to being self-reliant based on their list of six. Uh, I don't know how I feel about halfway 50%. I still feel like uh, there are other people that are better and I'm comparing myself to those strangers already in my head. (laughs) You got to stop doing that. I know. That's what I'm working on. All right. The next article I found is called, It's Time to Bring Back Shop and Home Economics Classes. This is by Samantha Kemp Jackson, and it was in the Huffington Post. She said, as our lives became become more hectic and lifestyles more busy, the traditional model of family also shifted. No longer were women staying at home, living out their lives as domestic goddesses. And increasing numbers of men were shown to be not particularly handy when it came to making and fixing things. And that was okay. Fast forward to the present day. The increase in work and responsibilities that have come along in our technological age have created a culture where downtime is a commodity and our busy lives have taken a toll on our abilities to manage even the most basic household duties. But can we also agree that this trend has much to do with our declining abilities to cook and fix things? However gender biased they were, home economics and shop classes used to be taught to middle and high school kids to get them prepared for lives as adults. Young girls were taught to sew, manage the home, including budgets and finances, and to cook. Young boys learned how to fix things, to build things, and to generally be comfortable around tools. Mm -hmm. Somehow, it's difficult to reflect on ourselves and realize that we've thrown the baby out with the proverbial bathwater. While we may enjoy the freedoms afforded, By being unshackled from the kitchen or the workbench, we're simultaneously becoming less skilled, less efficient, and more heavily in debt as we rely on others to fulfill even the most basic of tasks. Yeah, no, like when you first said domestic goddess, I was like, I don't know if I want to be called a goddess of doing domestic work all the time. We're talking about the idea that, you know, women used to be largely housewives. Yeah, housewives, which uh, being the... Once we moved into... The Industrial Revolution, and we were no longer hunters and gatherers. Women stayed home. Yeah. And it wasn't in, until um, World War II. Or is it, yeah, World War II, where women entered the workforce yeah. because they needed people making munitions in the factories, and the men were all overseas fighting. So that was really when women started to enter the workforce again. Yeah. So that was, you know, in the 40s. In the 50s, we still pretty much had that housewife mentality for that's the place of women's places at home, barefoot in the kitchen. And yeah, pregnant. yeah. And this is like where I'm like sort of like on the fence because I wouldn't, I, for, I asked my for myself, I would not want to tell someone this is your place. This is what you want to do. And I hate like being conformed and like constrained. But at the same time, that was the societal norm. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I do understand. I do think it's beneficial to have have those classes for our younger generation because I feel ashamed of like not knowing all that stuff but so it's like this is it was kind of a double-edged sword so women entered the workplace as our technology has grown yeah they have quit putting a priority on those types of classes like home ec shop Mm -hmm. things like that and so People don't know how to do anything for themselves anymore. Yeah. So it is a bit of a double-edged sword. It's just, even if you don't know that, you could just simply, like, even, like, just go to, like, YouTube or go to that stuff and just look it up. You can take classes at Home Depot. As well, yeah. You can take classes. It's just now, I will agree that some people in our generation have lacked that motivation. They don't know how to do anything. They're going for the digital media for their phones. Hello. They all want to be the next influencer. When I was in my mid-20s, I had a couple of friends who were about three years younger than me. 
and I was teaching them how to do laundry. And I was going to the grocery store with them and like being like, no, you can't go high, get high before you go to the grocery store. You're buying all the wrong stuff. And I'm like telling them put things back or grab different things. And I'm like, I asked them, I said, what did you guys do before you met me? And they said to me straight faced mommy and daddy. People don't know how to do things for themselves. Yep. I'm very proud I know how to do my own laundry. There were some more things that I read throughout my research, but the summary of what I read is really that changes in perceived gender roles, technological advances, and schools changing curriculum to focus on statewide tests and college requirements have caused things like home economics and shop classes to become a thing of the past. Mm-hmm. It has also caused a decline of skilled workers entering our workforce. So therefore there are less people with the skills needed to do blue collar jobs like machinists and things like that. And so that gives fewer opportunities to people who don't go to college. That puts them largely only in the customer service sector where everything is, you know, you go get a job at the mall, you get a job at McDonald's. It's all yeah. minimum wage entry level because they're not learning any skills to make a decent living. So everyone should learn the basic skills such as cooking, mending, home repair, and auto maintenance to become more self-reliant and powered and to save a lot of money. Yeah, no, it, it makes sense. Again, the double-edged sword of because, you know, you don't want to be put in a bubble, but at the same time, it's, you shouldn't slack those other skills that will become necessary because there have been times when I've been down that road and I've like, I don't know how to do this. And then either I learn it or I remember like a lesson that my parents taught me or my mom and dad taught me. It's like, right. But now we're starting to enter a time period where the people who are becoming parents are the ones who also did not have home ec and shop classes. And so therefore they don't have the skills to teach to their kids. So, So now it's where it's becoming a real problem. All right. Before we go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Let's bring on our guest. Sure, that sounds like a wonderful thing to do right now. <laughs> I think I've overwhelmed Chelsea a little bit. A little. <laughs> I'm now depressed with my own skills of what I can and can't do. Well, our guest today is my good friend and also one of my bosses. This is Melissa Arefi. You would know her from the Arefi children that were all on hashtag anime a few yes. months ago. Those are her kids. Yes, they are. So say hi, Mel. Well, hello there. Hello. She finally gets to speak now. She's been. I know. I can't just mutter under my breath now. <laughs> no, exactly. She was trying her best to like hold laughter or anything that was going on. So if they heard anything, which is hard for her. me, yeah, because <laughs> you're very outspoken and because yeah, it's harder to get me to shut up and not say what I think than it is to exactly like don't want to be. Put, I get in trouble that way. Don't want to be put in that box. You don't want to be put in that box. No, exactly. Well, I asked Mel to come on today because when I was trying to think of who among my friends is more DIY than me. Mm-hmm. She's who came up. Because <laughs> unfortunately, a lot of my friends are more like... Me? Yes. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you for being honest. I'm just going to go cry in the corner. I, I mean, <laughs> it's definitely become obvious. Even um, people older than me who found out what I was working on with my car last month are like, you did that yourself? They're, they're shocked and they're amazed. But your car is old enough to actually be able to open the hood and see the Correct. engine. New cars, it's all capped. You're like, what the hell is yeah, that? Yeah, you have to completely open it up to get in there. Yeah. It's exactly. really difficult. Definitely. And they do that on purpose. Yeah. yeah, so that when you'll have to pay someone to do it. It's, it's like $85 an hour. Yeah, exactly. 
Because um, to get that cap off, it's difficult. Yeah. 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 So, Alyssa, introduce yourself with a little bit of who you are and what you do. I'm Melissa Martinez Arefi. Mm-hmm. I am a location manager and a writer for nice. film and TV. I'm the mother of three autistic teenagers and a husband <laughs> who the gets in trouble with them. Well. <laughs> Sometimes I have four kids. Okay. Yes. Especially um, when you're trying to get out of the house for a vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you all pack? You know, yeah. not just eight pairs of pajamas and one pair of underwear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, most of the stuff that I learned to DIY is because we were broke or, you know, necessity is the mother of invention mm-hmm. because... Otherwise, we were going to be like naked and not go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Melissa and I are always trading stories about different things or situations we found ourselves in. Um, when I or was, sometimes I drag you into them. That's true. Too. Hey, here's a paintbrush. <laughs> when I was a kid, um, my dad was rewiring office buildings and setting up their intranet. Mm-hmm. And um, if I was on school vacation, I got drug in with him and thrown up in the ceiling to drag cable across drop ceilings because I was lightweight enough that he expected I wouldn't fall through. I could stay on the beams. Um, so I learned how to rewire office buildings at age 10. <laughs> so um, my mom's dad is was a mechanic and a race car driver. So I definitely come from a family on both sides that is very much do it yourself. My father's a big DIY, but yeah. his, his father emigrated from Mexico as a gardener mm-hmm. and made all the kids work with him. So wow. my dad is still like Mr. Green Thumb. Mm-hmm. My mother has a death row for plants. Like, <laughs> you know, she's like, I'm like, well, just kill it's even silk plants, actually. She finds a way to kill them. She finds a way to kill them. And I'm like, Mom, you, all you had to do is even spray them with water or something. <laughs> but my, my dad, by the time I was 12... We learned, I learned how to mix and pour cement um, in order to build the box that goes around it. But then they decided to get a pool. So we had to break up the cement three weeks after it dried, (laughs) which was fun with sledgehammers. Mm-hmm. Like the way as much as you do. Mm-hmm. And then we had to relay the, the sprinkler system. So I learned how to dig down and lay the sprinkler system without, you know, gluing yourself to the pipe or burying the thing mm-hmm. or creating Lake Erie is if you do the glue wrong, suddenly the lawn starts to bubble up. Wow. But when you're installing a swimming pool, somebody actually has to maintain that while it's being built. Ah. I was the pool boy. <laughs> so literally like while the cement cures, you're and the plaster going out there to scrape and water an empty pool mm. a couple times a day. Right. To, to, to prevent things from getting trapped in the wet cement. Well, right? that, you know, you wash off the wet cement, but it also helps it cure and set, oh. which I did not know. I mean, you just did what you were told. I just did what I was told. And I'm like, I figured it out later. I was like, oh, okay. I suppose that makes sense. <laughs> you know, same way I learned how to make a Thanksgiving dinner. Uh-huh. My mother was an ER nurse, got stuck at the hospital because people do stupid things over holidays. Yeah. So um, she's like, cook the turkey. And I did. And like an hour and a half later, I'm like, mom, where's the nut to make gravy? She's like, in the turkey. No, he's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> really? I didn't see it. Well, you have to put your hand up there. Uh, up where? <laughs> I'm like, no! I remember.
remember Christmas Day, I was visiting my brother in Massachusetts, me and my boyfriend at the time, and he had gone up to his in-laws for Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Calls me Christmas morning. They're on their way back. And he asked me if I could throw the turkey in the oven for Christmas dinner because everybody's coming over for Christmas dinner. He did not thaw the turkey. Oh, God. Wow. So I spent Christmas morning with my hand up a frozen turkey's ass, mm-hmm. um, running cold water over it so I can break up the ice inside and get the gizzards out and everything. Not the best way to wake up on Christmas morning, I will tell you. So my mother's always cooked and my mother's always been arts and crafty. We all, we had a craft room in my house growing up that was our room to sew and craft and do all sorts of things. Okay. And... Um, Um, She sold stuff at craft fairs. And so I did all that kind of DIY stuff very early on. Um, And my mom, I'd always baked with my mom and helped her cook. But I really learned how to cook when I was 10 and we had moved to California. I moved the fourth quarter of fourth grade. So my mom had me join Girl Scouts because almost every girl in my class was in Girl Scouts. And that way I would be able to go to all the events during the summer and and make friends friends before fifth grade. But they were all just about to transfer from being brownies to juniors. juniors. So to be able to do that transition with them, I had to do all of the badges. So I did. So A plus Amy did all of the badges in a week. That's not that fast. <laughs> I think it took me about a month because I had a deadline. I had right. to be done by the time they were transferring to go over the Rainbow Bridge to be juniors. Yes. <laughs> so I had to do all of the brownie badges myself. Mm-hmm. And one of them was cook your family a meal. Yeah. And so I cooked a turkey. Oh. Yeah, I, I remember doing that. You the girls do that. Like it can't be easy, Mac. No. So, you know. Sometimes we're just thrown into these situations. Sometimes it is literally like you'll invent an entirely new way to do it. And somebody that's done it before is like, what did you do? (laughs) You know, you're like, how how did you make it? I don't even know how you made that work. And you're like, well, neither do I, but it works. But it works. So I'm not going to. Yeah, no. Yay, don't mess with it. I don't have much experience to bring to the table. I mean, most of my experience, though, is because something screwed up. Yeah, there's two things that have popped in that pop in my head right now. There was one time I had hit and run, so they hit the side of my car, and there was not only a dent, but there was a huge like black like multiple lines all around, and I hated it so much that I literally spent I think like an hour, hour and a half in my garage spraying it with like Windex and all this mm-hmm. stuff and wiping and it all it out. buffing mm-hmm. it out, and I was able to get the freaking black streak out. I was so proud of myself. The dent is the still rubber. there. Yeah, but I was able to get all the paint off and everything from the other car. So I was so proud of myself for being able to do that. And then when I was younger, I wanted to paint my bedroom pink and orange. So I literally got pink and orange paint. And I enlisted the help of my neighbors, who were also my friends at the time. And we spent like a couple days painting the new colors on my wall mm-hmm. and it just looked like an orange fusion mess <laughs> <laughs> it, was just, well, it was great but it's just the colors were so bright i was like why did i want these colors i don't i don't remember <laughs> i don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember why. why but it was very very bright room so we literally spent like i remember there was like tarp all over the floor all the furniture was moved out and we just spent like days painting everything you know when i growing up i learned how to build a computer for my dad Learning to build a computer, that's really cool. That's something I would love to learn to do because I do love 
gaming and a lot of good games are on PC, which yeah. I don't own because I work specifically from Macs because that's for my editing and everything. And I have a couple games on my Mac, but the frame rate and everything is just slow. And I would love mm-hmm. my own PC to be able to do all my gaming when I have the time. Yeah. My, my brother started building PCs in 1981. Oh, wow. Like when nobody had, he built them from scratch, mm-hmm. like with the soldering iron and the motherboard. And I'm holding stuff where I'm going, please don't rip on me. Yeah, it just sounds like it'd be so cool to be able to have like that kind of invention to be like, hey, I made this. It is, and it's very custom, so you can make it exactly yeah to the specs you want, you want yeah. which is pretty. I mean, because most computers you can't crack them up and do that. But yeah, no, exactly. With the PCs, literally, we used to go to computer shows and be able to plug in different yeah. components because we got yeah. a laptop in like the early nineties. That's an accomplishment I would love to do because I am technically the video and techie person in my family whenever there's an audio or video or technical problem in any like platform everyone comes to me my dad is like hey how do you do this thing or my brother's like oh how do you connect this to this now do you transfer over files i'm always the tech person mm-hmm. in the family i'm like oh you just simply do this or i just do a little research and then here's an article that does that so i guess i could take pride in that that i'm self-reliant mm-hmm. in technology well considering we're more dependent on it that's not a bad thing it's, it's not exactly. a bad thing but i do kind of like i do when I want when I want to cook, I do love cooking. Again, it's just a time thing. It's a time management thing, which unfortunately is that and people need why. to eat it. Yeah, exactly. I have three children that don't eat squat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the thing that I want. I need want the time to be able to cook or bake and things like that. But then, of course, I'm very hungry. I'm like, I can't wait. I need something now. Right, right. You have to learn how to pause an hour before that hunger strikes yeah. to really cook. Yeah. That and not to be too hungry to where you're sampling the whole thing. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's why typically when I get home from working with the kids in the afternoon, I come home, walk the dog, I play piano for half an hour, and then I make dinner before I even look at my phone again. Because if I look at my phone, I'm going to have emails and texts and things that I need to handle more work that needs to be done before I go to bed. Mm -hmm. But this way, I make sure that I'm taking care of myself. I'm taking care of my household. Actually, that's an important thing with self-reliant and home ec that we've completely missed. People have forgotten to take care of themselves. Right. Self-care is so important. Eventually, you're going to break down. Yeah. I mean, I've I've already been feeling that because I've been um, preparing for my aerial showcase and I pulled my shoulder a little while ago. It's fine now. But then my rhomboid strain that I got from working on the movie Suicide Squad mm-hmm. is acting back up. So now I've been trying to, I have to like eat one of my friends, um, a Cameron from boxing. Literally when I went to do boxing one day after I pulled my shoulder and had my strain, he literally told to my face, I do not want to see you in class tomorrow. The hardest part is to take it easy because you feel like you're being a lurker. Yeah. Yeah. Melissa and I both have similar back surgeries. Mm -hmm. And so it's very much like you have to listen to your body. When Mm -hmm. your body says it needs a break, it needs a break. Although I'm really glad that titanium doesn't set off the metal detector. Me too. Uh, Growing up, my mom, she taught me how to can. She taught me how to make jam. Mm -hmm. Um, She taught me how to bake, how to cook. Mm -hmm. Um, So I learned all of that from her. She taught me how to sew, but um, I was forbidden from using the sewing machine um after one time i was trying to take my i was trying to take my uh french maid halloween costume i'd had and now i was like 
preteen and I wanted to make it sexier. Uh-oh. And I was adding ruffles underneath it to make it shorter and like. Choked it in. Um, well, I broke three needles on the sewing machine. Oh, yeah. After that, I was not allowed to touch the sewing machine until a couple of years ago. I made my own Halloween costume. And since I didn't have a sewing machine, I've gotten really good at sewing by hand. Yeah. So I sewed my merit a costume by hand. And oh, my mother cool. was so impressed. She wow. said, I think you've earned getting a sewing machine again. And so she yeah. bought me one for Christmas. Aww, I had one that I actually had to watch the pamphlet for again because I'm like, oh my God, there's so many freaking dials on this. What, yeah. what oh, does yeah. it even do? <laughs> I mean, you could set it to embroider because we got it for Girl Scouts. Right. Yeah. yeah. My mom, uh, when I was younger, because I did a lot of theater and everything, she would um, be like the seamstress. So she would always be like helping make costumes and helping mm-hmm. things back together. So I learned to sew from her a little bit, especially creating a few of my Halloween costumes, which they're all witchy. They're all witches. Oh, all yeah. I wanted to be was a witch. So I made a couple through it. And yeah, she also taught me how to cook. She taught me how to clean. She taught me how to bake, you know. Oh, she was, she's very adamant of, um, uh, clean houses and clean spaces so, so my mother would clean before the plumber came exactly yes yeah, so <laughs> or my friends I, I, still love tell their parents. Yeah, I love you mom but she definitely loves a clean clean space so she's very she was very adamant of drilling that into me so even though I may not clean well, as much for, as she does but but it's good for your mental health as well because mm-hmm. if your house is cluttered your brain's going to be cluttered yeah exactly so it does it does help when every once in a while when I need to kind of de-stress I could just kind of clean all around though definitely because of my strain when it acts up it's not fun so because then you're cleaning cleaning like Quasimodo with one arm. I still can't vacuum because of my back. Um, I'm sure that Melissa would prefer never to vacuum again. (laughs) That's why I have that one little stick vacuum from Dyson because, Mm -hmm. well, the big ones, first of all, the one that we had took off because it was the one that Andy's mom gave us from like 1972 with a power train. Right. So you turn it on and it would leave. You yeah. just kind of like hang on and try to direct it. But for me, it aggravates that muscle right by where my surgery is. So yeah. I cannot vacuum. I'm glad I now live in a house that has wood floors because I live alone. Yeah. So I would be having to go bug my neighbors to come vacuum every time. It was fine when I had roommates because everybody would volunteer to yeah. vacuum because they knew I couldn't do it. Because every time I tried to vacuum, I'd throw out my back. Yeah. yeah, that's actually how I broke my back. Exactly. <laughs> no, seriously. No, I, I mean, tripped over the coffee table, the dog, and while I was vacuuming, I'm like, I needed to make up a story about saving babies in a carriage from a bus or something. <laughs> people are like, oh, how did you know my vacuuming? Yeah, no, my rhomboid strain. I, I, I did get it from Suicide Squad, but maybe it was when I was doing cheerleading. I pulled it, and then I never noticed it. And then Suicide Squad was when I was working on the computer. I was hunched over, and then my wrists were hurting because of the, the carpal tunnel. And then I was also lifting, like, water jugs and lifting heavy things, and that just aggravated it even more. So yeah. that's the point yep. when I was in stomach. You probably stomach. injured it a long time before. Yeah, yeah. injured a long time, and then I just aggravated more. And then it got to the point where, because I was in so much pain, and they saw that they end up hiring another person to help me with, like, the food ores and that kind of stuff right. because they yeah. saw how much pain I was in. Um, I mean, I'm so happy that my parents have taught me as much as they have. Mm-hmm. But the real reason that I continue to pick up and learn things, not only do I love learning, but um, I want to be a homeowner. And I want to be able to fix a lot of things because I don't want to have to feel like I have to call a special repairman every time something goes wrong because that gets expensive. That comes out of my money. When you're in an apartment, you call, you call the office. They send somebody. 
that's not on your dime. Unless they're idiots, in which case you have to redo it. Right. Um, I actually don't tend to call my apartment building very often, not because they're bad at what they do, but because it's a hassle for me. I've got to put Rex away. He's going to bark the entire time at the stranger in the house. And a lot of times it's things I can fix myself. Mm -hmm. And so my thing has always been, one, I want to be able to fix things in my own home. And two, especially now that I live alone, I can't count on there being someone else there to do it for me. Um, a couple of years ago, my disposal broke. Ooh. So, but my boyfriend knew how to fix it. So he came over and he showed me how to do it. So that way now, anytime this happens, I can do it myself. And um, that's the one thing I really love about him is he empowers me to do things myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just doesn't do it for you. Okay, exactly. little girl, I can do it for you. Excuse me. One of my neighbors was working on my car with me one of the days, one of the first days that I was working on it. And he kept being like, let me do it. Let me do it. And I was so frustrated because not only was I not getting to do it, he was doing it wrong. Like I watched him pull two of the spark wires off. I'm like, you one at a time because you have to keep them going to the correct cylinder. If you mix them up, you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. So, but whereas when my boyfriend does it with me, like we work in tandem, we work together. If it's something I don't know how to do, he shows me how to do it and then lets me take the reins. Um, which is a huge, um, confidence booster. Mm -hmm. So I can, I'm really happy that I spent as much time working on that car as I did, Mm -hmm. um, because it was really rewarding, even though the car never started again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It did briefly. No, I I agree that just long enough to flood the engine with water. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I agree that even because like I'm a millennial and I like refer to other people, that kind of stuff. But the times when I'm able to solve something or fix something myself, I am very proud of those moments, even if it's something little as figuring out how the Ikea furniture is supposed to go and try to like set it all up. Yeah, no. Yeah. Or like, (laughs) yeah, no, there's been things where like my brother has asked me, hey, can you help fix this or that kind of thing? Because either he doesn't have the time or he doesn't want to put the energy to it so he'll defer to me and then I'll just be like oh you just do this simple thing like especially with technology if there's like an app or something I want to learn how to work like I'm working more with audition with editing these podcasts right. I will do the research and I will try to figure out how to do it myself and then when I figure out how to do it it's great like actually one of my contract gigs is using After Effects which is something I've never used before but there was a timeline sample project they sent me so then I was able to learn quick key conversions and stuff to be able to get things exactly like how they want it. And I was able to actually add an audio waveform for a podcast recording for a specific uh, video that I'm working on. And to see that on the screen, I'm like, I did that. I figured out how to do that myself. Yay. So a lot of my more self-reliant is more geared toward technology, which works with my job yeah. and the things that I do. Mm-hmm. Though I definitely want to apply that more to kind of more tactical. Well, in Melissa's house, if something breaks, you don't go to her husband. You go to Melissa. Yeah. yeah. Andy fixes everything technology. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me to do it because I have no freaking clue. But mm-hmm. if you need to have the grout relayed. Mm-hmm. And, and most of it was basically because I grew up with four brothers and sisters and mm-hmm. we would do stuff and not want to tell our parents and we would screw something up and we wanted to fix it before we got killed. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I learned how to relay grout because my brother was screwing around with nunchucks and broke the kitchen counter and my uh, parents were on their way home. So literally like as it's drying, we're like leaning over it. Oh, we're just so happy to see you. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think between me and my brother, I'm definitely more self-reliant DIY, um, but we have different dads and I think that's why. So, cause his dad is not a do it yourselfer. So, um, so I definitely had way more exposure to that. So he learned the things that mom taught like cooking yeah. uh, and gardening. 
Um, but I learned a lot more at the heavy duty stuff from my dad. Mm. My dad forced me to learn car maintenance. Yeah. But yeah. that's because I, my first car, 16 years old and I ran a drive oil <sighs> and my brother's like, no, you have to put oil in it. So I learned how to check the fluids, except for I started putting oil in it every time I filled up with gas. <gasps> and we went to five mechanics who could not figure out why my car was a fog machine and you couldn't drive a hundred feet behind me because it still went. This little car still 77 Toyota Celica still driving billows of smoke. Wow. And finally my dad goes to my brother's, okay, you need to check it. There's an extra gallon and a half of oil <laughs> in my car. <laughs> in addition to it being full. Yeah. <laughs> so after that I had to take, yeah, I, my father made sure that they all instructed me how mm -hmm. to change everything, how to identify yeah. everything, and most importantly, not flood. Yeah. Mechanics never took into consideration it's a 16 year old girl's car. I'm like, right. I'm sorry, you need to consider stupid yeah. or clueless. Because we don't know until we encounter it. Mm -hmm. So, like, I had a car that the engine, um, the transmission went on it because I had run drive oil. Mm -hmm. um, I had just moved back to California. And so I knew I needed an oil change. I'd had one right before I drove across, you know. So I'm like, well, I've already done the 3,000 miles. So I probably should get one soon. But then once I got a job, they were working me such long hours that I couldn't find time in the day to go get my oil changed. Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted to go to a specific place that I really liked their service at. And when I finally had a day where I could go do that, I showed up and it had been sold and was not there anymore. Wow. And so then I'm driving to work and my car dies and uh, they tow it to the dealership. Dealership puts a new battery in it. I get a mile away from the dealership and it dies again. Like, wasn't the battery? No. Apparently not. No. Not. So I learned that lesson the hard way, yeah. you know, yeah. but mm -hmm. I started getting into working on cars, though, because. Growing up, I had more guy friends and girlfriends, especially in junior high, because in junior high, girls are the devil. Um, they're mean. They're mean. I, and I was teased and tortured a lot. And so I fell in with a group of boys. And one of the boys had an El Camino that he was working on to be able to drive as soon as he turned 16. Oh, yeah. And we used to work on his car together. And we would sleep in the back of the El Camino at night to make sure no one stole it. <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. But, you know, that was what got me working on cars. And then everything else has just been a slow build over time. Yeah. Ooh, um, this I don't know how much this would rely to a self-reliant, but one of the things that we've talked about is kind of like self-care and taking care of yourself. Because of my rhomboid strain and the pain that I have been through, not just recently, but like when I first got, you know, when I first got into Suicide Squad and other things that I used to go to the chiropractor all the time, like all the time. And I would constantly be going to see people to help heal mm -hmm. and it would work for only a certain period of time. And then that was kind of when I had to register in my brain, okay, I have to start taking action and I have to start taking care, better care of myself. So that's when I would have to start doing more stretches throughout the day. You have, that, you have to remind yourself to do it in the morning. And doing yeah. in the morning, yeah. doing at night, uh, making sure I'm well hydrated. It's all those things. Yeah. It's about mm -hmm. listening to your body. Yeah. And now that I've been, now, and the times when I do incorporate more, I find myself feeling better. And the moment when I start to slack, that's when the pain can sometimes come back. Like even now I've been chugging on my like water bottle the entire time. And there are times when I will stretch out my neck or uh, also because I couldn't tell if it was like my spine pain or rhomboid pain. 
I've now had to differentiate, okay, am what I'm doing actually helping or not? Because right now I know it's a rhomboid strain because I feel it all on my left side, even when I like roll my chirp wheel to help straighten out my spine sometimes, because sometimes my spine will be out of whack. I might be painful and I think I'm helping, but it also could be like hindering it because I'm just straining it more. So that's something I've had to learn to be self-reliant of taking care of myself, stretching my body, being well hydrated. Nobody's going to do it for you. There's no magic pill to make all of your aches and pains go away. At the end of the day, that's the body that you're going to have to go home with. So exactly. And then like, I don't want it to break down. Your job's not going to be like, oh, great. We'll take care of it. Yeah, exactly. Because also like the chiropractor, even though it was great to always go to, it was always be very, very expensive. Expensive, and I didn't yeah. always want to have to resort going there all the time like I did before. So that's why I have like the chirp wheel, which has a little indent for your spine to help get all the cracks and kind of like get it in the right place, which is great. But then like for muscle pain and stuff like that, like I still do fire cupping and acupuncture. That's super, super helpful. But I try not to go so often. So that way I learn to take care of it myself only in dire need situations like a couple yeah. days ago right. when I actually really needed it. Because she put a needle on my hand where it was supposed to go to the open up my back and it hurt like a motherfucker. It hurt so much. I was like, ah, she was like, I'm sorry. This is supposed to, I was like, I know it is. I'm not noticing the pain in my shoulder yeah, now though. Exactly. It was just, ah, it hurts. And it really has helped like. Oh, Melissa and I have gotten massages together. Oh God. Oh, yeah. Man. And they no. see that all the instrumentation, all the scars are like, are you guys okay? Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. Cause that's also like, I would also do like massages, but the thing is, is because I went to so many people, it would be racking up the bills. So yeah. there's some things. There are times when I'm like, okay, if only in dire need situations will I go to these people to help, you know, progress my healing because I actually need it. But then the other times I could probably just take care of it myself rather than resorting to someone else. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's one of my other ways of self-reliant that I guess I'm maybe a little better at than maybe some other people. But I Are you and Chappie still getting um, meals from Home Chef? We are. But the thing is, is that because we don't cook them as much um we do we still do it when they come in but because uh i changed the frequency because we wouldn't be cooking them as much like because i work random hours throughout the day so i don't know when i'm going to be over working on my laptop i don't know if i'm going to be meeting up with the clients regarding that kind of stuff so it's a little all over the place and then Chappie works very long hours well that's something you guys still have to figure out because you still have to eat yeah so it doesn't matter what hours you work you're gonna have to find what is going to work for you because you still have to feed yourself and you don't want to be feeding yourself with fast food and junk and whatever is just easy to grab. So that's something I think I'm trying to work on a little bit because again, it's that time of management with the home chef that is requiring cooking. Maybe could go to another one that already has the meals ready, but they're actually like fresh, like freshly is another one. I would encourage you more to cook. To cook? Yes. Because, yeah. because they put a lot of sodium and stuff to preserve well, it. I'm, I'm sodium deficient, actually. So oh, I okay. crave for that. I'm diabetic. I can't do that. Yeah. Having meals, you know, delivered to you or prepared pretty much for you, that's not becoming self-reliant. That's yeah. just taking care of your very basic need to eat. And you spend so much time focusing on taking care of your body by doing boxing, by doing aerial, that it's such a disservice to your body to not be feeding it properly. Yeah. So I've, I've made, I've been making small changes here that are getting better with my diet. Breakfast is the one that I'm probably the most consistent and best at. And then during the day, I have more vegetables rather than like chips and all that kind of stuff. It's just always dinner is always the hard point because either 
I will be busy editing something or I'll be working at a class, you know, and then taking class afterwards. So it's always dinner. But you still eat, right? Yeah, I still eat. Okay, there's a way to work around it. And then I've also been drinking a lot more water because that actually will help with if you're hungry because most of the times it's not that you're hungry, you're real thirsty. You just can't tell the difference. And now after doing it for a while, I can tell. So, yeah. Yeah, but focus on building those good habits now because it only gets harder as life gets busier. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Well, that and, you know, your job's timeline isn't going to change if you eat healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. The only thing that will change is that you get fat, you break out, and you feel like crap. Yeah. Let me, let me work on uh, organizing all the contract options that I have for jobs that I have coming in, plus my area of showcase, and then I'll be able to focus more on getting healthy when I start yeah, having more no. consistent. Yeah, you know, I actually awesome. got to do it now awesome. because you have to take care of you first before taking care of others. I mean, think about being on an airplane. Put on your own oxygen mask before helping the person next to you. If you don't care of you, take care of you, you won't be there to do those jobs. Didn't take care of myself for a long time. I took care of everybody else. And if I had not switched over to taking care of myself as well, I would be dead. So, so it can't be after life, puts getting busy. You're the most important thing. It's hard to put yourself first. It's really it's hard. Really hard because the instinct is to take care of everybody. But for most people. At some point, I'm like, okay, if I can't get up and do anything, then I'm not helping anybody. Helping anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I wasn't taking care of myself last summer. I went into insulin shock. That's right. But, you know, I mean, one of the other things they talk about in self-reliance that used to be taught in home ec classes is budgeting. And that's a huge thing that kids today are missing. And because they're not teaching it in school. They're just not. the value of money. Like the stuff that different things cost. Oh, like, like when Kennedy called dad because her account didn't have enough for her to buy what she wanted to buy at the mall. We were at the mall. Right. And she didn't know, she didn't know how to check her account. So we called dad. Can you look, see what she's got? And she was like five bucks short. And she's like, well, how do we get more money in there? Like work, you have to earn it. Mm-hmm. And it did the concept was, she was just like, what? I'm like, what do you think we did? That's why I told her too. I'm like, you know, they get paid for their chores because they have to do their room and everything else. But then they switch off with vacuuming, cat box, mail, water plant, you know, different stuff. And I'm like, I don't care who does the chore as long as it gets done. Mm-hmm. Uh, because before they just didn't get their dollar if they didn't do their chore. Mm-hmm. But that was abstract and it, they didn't care. And he's like, wait a minute. If I have to do your chore and I get home, that's called outsourcing. You pay me. <laughs> as soon as they started having to pay, they were like, what? And um, Alex actually went to Bella and he's like, Bella, I'll give you a dollar if you do the cat boxes for me. And she's like, make it 20. Ah. <laughs> How much is it no, worth to you? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that we focus on with teaching the kids life skills is teaching them to be self-reliant. Mm-hmm. To know how to, to do ask things. for your paycheck, too. Because mm-hmm. Kennedy won't. She won't ask. Yeah, won't do it. She won't take the initiative. I'm like, okay, most times your employer is not going to chase you down to pay you. No. Mm-hmm. And like, how many times have you seen us have to actually, you know, hound a, a client mm-hmm. to pay? Yeah. You have to know who owes you money and you have to know who, how to get it. Yep. 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 Because, exactly. you know, you can do all the work of the world, but if you're not getting paid, it's just volunteering. Okay. So I have a question for each of us. What is the, what is the one thing you've done for yourself within this kind of self-reliant topic that you're most proud of? Ooh. And what is one thing um, you want to learn to do? Again, because I'm the millennial here, I feel like my experiences are limited though. Um, I don't know. I think maybe the whole 
it might sound philosophical, but like learning to take care, better care of myself and my body mm-hmm. is one thing because of the pain that I've been through. And then just realizing I have to, you know, stretch. I have to, especially since I've done such a big shift from being kind of a couch potato and not right. exercising as much to now doing boxing and aerial, most likely in the same day, multiple right. times a week. Right. So I think that's something I'm very proud of. But I definitely think one thing I want to improve on more is, you know, better at cooking and, um, adjusting eating habits. So that way I don't spend so much on, um, have someone else make my food for me, even though it's great to get it off my shoulders. It, um, it can be a bit of a money drainer. So I yes. guess. Yes. And what will you do in the zombie apocalypse? I will kill the zombies. And, uh, if there's any good meat on them, no, don't no, eat the zombies. It's it, no, you can't. They already eat us. Yes. Which is why you don't want to eat them back. <laughs> is spoiled. I think for me, I'm most proud of the work I just did on this car. I was excited. Yeah, because that was the most extensive work that I've done on a car. And I did a lot of it by myself with nobody else around. Um, I would come home after work and go spend two hours in the garage. But one thing I would like to get better at is, so I've done some home repair. I've helped remodel a bathroom. I've done drywall. I was doing handyman work this week because a friend called me and he just moved out of a place and he had a towel bar that had come down and there was a big hole in the wall. Same with the toilet paper roll bar. And uh, what were they doing in there? (laughs) You know, he didn't know how to fix it. So he just left it and didn't think anything of it until his roommate took a look and was like, dude, this isn't cool. You can't leave it like this. (laughs) And like he had a door that had come off the hinges. And so he called me because I am the handiest person he knows. (laughs) And perfect timing. I needed the money. So I went and I fixed up, patched the holes, remounted everything. But I would like to get better at that stuff. I haven't really had any opportunities to practice that in my own space because I live in an apartment. And so I'm not really putting any holes in the walls because it's not my place. And I would like to get at least part of my security deposit back. But I'm sure once I buy a house, I have plenty of opportunities to flex this skill. We'll have plenty of opportunities to fix a lot of things. I'm sure. <laughs> what about you, Melissa? I'm not sure if I can pick one. I mean, I learned how to sew and do leather working for costuming because we couldn't afford to buy the costumes, especially after the kids were ice skating. Right. So I had to learn hair and makeup. <laughs> Unfortunately, as soon as they figured that out during ice theater, they're like, hi, you're in charge. Wait, no. <laughs> um, but for self-reliant, I'm like, I have to say, I'm actually proud of the fact that I learned how to take charge as and take the initiative because it doesn't matter what it is. It's a problem. I'm pragmatic and it needs to be solved. I'm like, it doesn't matter if I like the circumstances, how it got there. I'm like, but I'm going to find a way to make it work. It's gotten me a lot of places that normally I wouldn't have been able to do it and save my sanity. Sometimes that does get me the reputation, though, of friends and acquaintances where I'm like the fixer. Yeah. I'm like, I'm the wolf from Pulp Fiction. I'm like, all right, you need to figure out what? <laughs> I'm like, okay, I can't teach you how to hang glide. Give me a couple of days. I'll figure it out. But, you know, and I'll use things that weren't meant to be used for something mm-hmm. in order to fix it. Yeah. And it works because that's just what it happens to be. And if you sometimes if you watch those videos, though, you get the mindset of this is what I have to use. Mm -hmm. And then you get stuck in that box as opposed to, no, I need to make a better mousetrap. Yeah, I could do this with PVC, duct tape, Gorilla Glue and vice grips. If you can't duck it, fuck it. 
Well, if it if it moves and it's not supposed to duct tape, if it doesn't move and it's supposed to WD-40. Yeah, I mean, I'm the fixer for a lot of my neighbors. Like, you know, just what was it? Two weeks ago, I had to go replace somebody's front door, change their locks in their apartment mm -hmm. because they had had a uh, poor choice in roommate. Um, yes. <laughs> they had accidentally moved in a crackhead. Yep. Oops. Oh, so, uh, but... <laughs> But I mean, it surprises me how many people can do any of that stuff. Well, that and they're waiting for somebody to tell them what to do and how to do it. Not that they recognize that there's something that needs to be done and then taking the initiative to just do it as opposed to waiting. Well, one of the hard things when I was doing the research for this is a lot of the things that were coming up on these lists, like 50 DIY things you should learn how to do. A lot of them, I was like, I can't use this list. This is ridiculous. Because to me, they were just like basic skills, like life skills, like not even things that I would be like are skill skills. Right. They're like to plunge today? a toilet. Oh my God. Seriously? Yes. I can see like it that. if there's snake a toilet right. and the difference between the small one and the wire and then the six foot one and then the 12 foot one and how not to get poop everywhere. Right. But I mean, it was, it was crazy stuff like that. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, I, <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm like, people don't know how to do anything. <laughs> What's one DIY project you'd like to challenge yourself to do in the future? Actually, I want to learn how to do some of the technology and the editing stuff that the kids are doing because when we're doing the camera work and they're doing their own animation and they're like, oh, well, can you help me, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, well, I know the concept of what you're doing, but I don't know how to get from A to B. Mm. I'm like, and you guys are already like A and Q. And so, um, <laughs> like, uh, I'm like, by the time you're asking me for help, I'm like, uh, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I'm like, if you need it bolted to the wall or a shelf or something, then let me know. <laughs> I can refurbish the chair or recover it. But <laughs> All right, so do we want to move into a hashtag hunt? Yes. So hashtag hunt is where we put in the hashtag of the episode and see what pops up in social media. Oh, God. The oh, yeah. good, the bad, the ugly, the funny, and the yeah. heartless. A lot of the stuff that I found in self-reliant was a lot of, like, you know, a health and all that fun stuff. And it likes inspirational, like, meditation. Yeah. Because like, inspirational and health stuff is exactly what's on 90% of social media. <laughs> like, yes, it is. Well, that and are you in a stranger's? Yes. Yeah, exactly. What so, would you do? So I try to pull out my the very best that I could find. Um, so here we go. The difference between me and some folks. I'll use my brain instead of complaining. If I bitch about something, you can bet that I will do whatever I can do to fix it. I don't just whine about it. Hashtag inspired, creative, fed up, taking control, self-reliant. So good for you. I always tell people, I don't want to hear them complain about something and not do, like, I'll hear you complain about it if you need to vent. But beyond that, if you're not going to do something about the situation, I don't want to hear about it. Oh. That's why I pick and choose my times when I complain to you because oh, I yeah. just want to vent. I don't want to make it a hassle and I don't want to get you <laughs> on my bad side. Get, 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 you, get you on your bad side. I'm a formidable enemy. <laughs> Unfortunately, Amy and I are the same way. I'm like, did you try to fix it? No, then shut up. Go away. <laughs> Pretty much. Mm -hmm. I want to hear what you did. Yeah. First. And if you're frustrated, that's okay. If you're frustrated, I'll help you. But you need to make effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I started working my sophomore year in high school and decided to attend Queens College, at which I paid my own tuition because I didn't want student loans or my parents getting on my case. Hashtag self-motivated. Hashtag self-reliant. Good for you for doing that. 
There's no greater feeling than being able to generate money on your own. And there's no worse feeling than having your destiny in someone else's hands. Become self-reliant, not job-reliant. Hashtag freelance, income, revenue, consulting, sales, self-reliant, money, income streams. If your job was to disappear tomorrow, what would you do to make money? You have to have ideas. You have to be able to to be able to make your own moves. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a point in my life where I'm doing that now because I actually have a few contract gigs plus some other stuff that's come up that I'm deciding whether to take on or not because of time, commitment, money, right. things like that. So like, is it worth it? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. is it worth it? So that's what I'm trying to go over right now and I'll probably will make a decision very soon after. And then it's, it's a little short. So this is the last one and this is something I want, want to put on our social media. Being self-reliant means you can truly know yourself. Thing is, is when in this business too is the one thing that I got the advice from my mentor Max Wong when we first started was always say yes. You're available. Can you do this? Yeah. Literally, that's how I ended up with the job that I have. Was mm-hmm. oh, I'm directing my first feature, so I need a location manager. Can you do locations? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then my next phone call is like, what does the location manager do? I was like, Mag, hi, I just agreed to this position. Yeah. <laughs> What's the job entail? <laughs> but hey, that's how but it's how one of those jobs. Open. It's yeah, one, exactly. and it's trial by fire because nobody teaches it in film school. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a whole lot of make shit work that's not supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, awesome. Well, thank you, thank Melissa, you. so much for coming on to our podcast. And we do have one more thing. Amy's giving me the look. Uh, challenges. So we ask our guests to give either both of us or individually a challenge to do regarding the episode. And this is hashtag self-reliance. So, Melissa. I'm not sure. Uh, Chelsea, you probably should mm-hmm. actually start making time to make meals and make time for yourself because you're not prioritizing yourself at all. <laughs> And speaking of the chick that's got enough scars to be a roadmap. Yeah. I'm like, you know, three C-sections, breast reduction, gallbladder, Mm -hmm. eye surgery, two Mm -hmm. shoulder surgeries, because apparently I'm part starfish and shit grows back. Okay. Achilles. I'm like, you. Yeah. If it was bionic, I'd be golden. But Mm -hmm. other than that, it's so easy to get caught up in taking care of everybody else. Yeah. Okay. That you forget you. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And. And you gotta get a car that works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, you're really good at managing your time. Like me, you have a short temper. <laughs> Not pa- No patience for stupid people. No. Um, oh, I don't know. You actually kind of need to take care of you too because you have like five jobs. It's true. When and I'm they all, on a film set, but they all call off. you like children. And you don't turn off your phone at night when you need to. So I need to start turning my phone off earlier. You need to start hitting the do not disturb. If they call enough times, it can override the do not disturb. Because you better be on fire if you're calling me at 3 a.m. And I should be the only one able to put you out. Otherwise, I'll be like, why didn't you call the fucking fire department? Yeah, I normally have my phone on do not disturb a lot of the time during the day. So I'm not distracted. And sometimes I might miss some like text or some phone calls. But then I always get right back to it. So having it on do not disturb for majority part of the day actually helps mm-hmm. with being more focused with the stuff I need to do. So maybe that might help a little bit and take a little bit of stress mm-hmm. from your life. <laughs> stress is what gets you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stress, no sleep, overworking. Yeah. That's, and then you're actually not with it enough to try to figure out how to fix something. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Because you're like, I can't think straight. I'm so tired. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So for both of us, take better care of ourselves. You 
do not use the do not disturb a little bit more on your end. And then I need to work on uh, cooking more meals. Uh, Melissa, is there anything you want to plug? Are there things where people can find you and all that? Or No, I don't want to be found. Oh, um, <laughs> no, just kidding. Oh, <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> it's not so convincingly. I was like, ah, uh, fine. Some people have said they don't want to be found. It's like, it's okay. No, we need to do glory and injustice with Bella find- Zoe Martinez yes. and Eric Michael Cole. You can find it online. Facebook and Instagram at glory and injustice. Yes. And, and yes, Bella has, she's actually part of the process. Mm-hmm. So she's like the first autistic teenage girl to actually be part of the process. Cause she's tired of the stereotypes, just being guys that flap and mm-hmm. have all the, Typical, non-verbal, typical mannerisms. It doesn't show anything for a spectrum. People think girls don't get autism. Right. And Bella's like, excuse me. So I I do have to say that uh, that is one thing that I'm most proud of is that fact that Bella is becoming an advocate, an advocate and self-reliant because when the, for her community and for herself, because when she was bullied, it was so hard for her to do that. And now Mm -hmm. like the director was trying to cut some stuff that she thought should be in mm-hmm. and she's like excuse me no I, I think that's funny it needs to stay uh-huh. I feel very strongly about this and then he tried to move on and she did it again and he was like oh well I thought we we're gonna cut that no it needs to go there <laughs> she's like I'm part of this creative process right don't I get a say and I'm like immediate guilt and I'm like dude she's working you (laughs) 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 but learning to to do that is a huge step of self-reliance because it's being your your own advocate yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and you'll fight for other people yeah you don't always fight for you yeah Uh definitely something to work because you're like oh it takes too much effort yeah (laughs) What are some things you wish you were more self-reliant on? Let us know on our social media, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Life Goals Pod, capital P-O-D, and then also our email address, lifegoalspod at gmail.com. All right, guys, so that's all, all for us today. Thank you, Melissa, so much for coming on and Thank chatting you. with us. Well, I'm Amy Covell. And I'm Chelsea Wingo. And you've been listening to Hashtag, hashtag Life Goals. Goals. Thanks, everybody. Have a good day. Bye.